Fidelity High, the people you dig, the records they love. Robin Hitchcock is a legendary British singer-songwriter. In 1976, he founded the influential art rock band The Soft Boys, and since their breakup in 1980, has released countless albums as a solo artist and also as the frontman of The Egyptians. He's the subject of the 1998 concert film Storefront Hitchcock, which was directed by the filmmaker Jonathan Demme. Robin has also appeared as an actor in Demme's films Rachel Getting Married, starring Anne Hathaway, and its 2004 remake of The Manchurian Candidate, starring Denzel Washington and Meryl Streep. Robin's most recent eponymous album is his 21st as a solo artist, and was released this year to widespread critical acclaim. It was co-produced by Brendan Benson of the Rockin' Tours, with Rolling Stone stating, A gifted melodist, Hitchcock nests engaging lyrics in some of the most bracing, rainbow-hued pop this side of Revolver. Hello, your ears belong to you. My voice belongs to me. I'm Robin Hitchcock. And my fidelity high is the voices, bass, guitar, drums, sitar, and all other instruments involved by the Beatles on their LP, Revolver. I first heard Revolver in September 1966, which I guess was about a month or so after it came out. Um, I was at school, I was in a... a boarding school there were a whole collection of us in a hutch trying not to give each other myxomatosis and um, various copies of revolver got inside and um, so i and my schoolmates absorbed it at point blank range yes it was september it was still fairly warm and sunny it hadn't really settled into the winter so it was the kind of it was the the shimmering ghost of the summer of 1966. And um, I'd seen an interview with one of the Beatles. It had said, our next LP will shock a lot of people. I can't even remember which Beatle it was. Um, and uh, when I heard it, I loved it. I didn't think... It didn't strike me as odd. It didn't really strike me as anything. It just went straight into the bloodstream. You know, I heard it, what, eight months after I'd heard the previous LP, which was Rubber Soul, which I'd also loved. Um, I hadn't spent time with Beatles LPs before. It was only once I got to this school that I actually heard the LPs a lot. Otherwise, I'd just heard the singles on the radio and I'd bought the singles, but I'd never really been in a position to buy whole LPs, so I began to, listening to the Beatles as, a, as an LP act, which of course they followed up with Sgt. Pepper the following summer. Um, but they, they, everything they did felt very natural. I didn't think, oh, I don't like this, or why are they doing that, or that's a funny sound. Revolver was the work of a studio band. I, it was also the work of a band or group because they were still called groups in 1966. They didn't really become bands till, till late 67 when pop became rock. Um, so in six, 1966, the Beatles were still a pop group and they were still going out, playing half-hour shows to screaming kids 
in various parts of the world, uh, playing inaudibly and singing Twist and Shout and a few other recent hits. Their, their stage show wasn't able to develop, but their records were. So whilst they were still doing these inaudible gigs for teeny boppers, they'd actually started to immerse themselves in, in sound and in also um, psychedelics, which made them much more sensitized to what they were playing the texture of what they were playing, the possibilities of what they were playing. But they still, what they were playing still had to be under three minutes and it still had to be catchy. So even a piece like Tomorrow Never Knows is still basically a catchy pop song. It just has all these sound effects on it which about which books are still being written to this day. You know, how they all had tape loops and how the whole of, EMI Abbey Road was wired up into one great hive of tape that was feeding off itself. And, um, you know, it makes the Beatles sound like sort of science fiction people, like spacemen, you know, they were sort of flying these sonic controls. I don't know how much they were and how much it was George Martin and how much it was the, the men in the white overalls. But it suffice to say, anyone who was there seems to have written a book about it. Um, but I think the big change with Revolver is that they no longer are writing songs that have words like Diamond Ring and My Friend in. I think My Friend has gone. Um, their basic sort of rhyming platitudes have been superseded by being drenched in Bob Dylan. So certainly John and George felt no need to write boy-girl songs anymore. I mean, they, they kind of went back to it later. Um, but they were writing about their own observations of life. You know, George is very philosophically full of, uh, you know, Eastern philosophy and a fair bit of Eastern music. And John, um, John existentially, you know, John writing about being zonked and not being able to be bothered to get out of bed or having a, being confused on an acid trip by some L.A. groovers. Um, and perhaps most uncosmically, George's opening salvo, Taxman, where he, he a, a good and spiritual man in training is actually bitching, quetching intensely about the fact that he's earning so much money, he's paying 95% in the pound tax, you know, step forward Donald Trump. Um, it, it's the other side of George, George the, the frustrated capitalist, the George, um, you know, I'm not earning as much as the rest of you, but I'm being taxed the same. You know, uh, so and the tax man is a brilliant song, but I mean, uh, as a socialist, I, I, it's it's appalling, you know. But it's groovy, and Paul McCartney's playing the Indian guitar that you would think is George. Um, it's great because in Revolver, they're still just acting as a beat group. Whatever they're doing, they're still trying to play it with two guitars, bass, and drums. It. it they they branched out, so Eleanor Rigby's got a string quartet. 
None of the Beatles are playing on it. Love You Too by George Harrison has got all Indian instruments, but I think it's still got John and Paul singing harmony on it. Um, but for no one has a beautiful McCartney ballad, and I think that's just him on piano and a, and a French horn player. Um, so you can feel them starting to do without each other as as musicians and the beginning of that was yesterday on help where paul just has a um string quartet and and his guitar but um but it still works it still works as a as a team as a as a group package the individuals you know paul george and john are becoming distinct but they're not pulling against each other yet. There's still a Beatles sound when you need it. There's those three-part harmonies. There's the spangle attack of John and George's guitars and things like Dr. Robert. Uh, and your bird can sing, particularly a beautiful kind of, probably echoes of the birds. And the birds started as an echo of the Beatles. Um, it was a small bunch of people really cross-pollinating at that point. Bob Dylan, the Beatles, and the birds, particularly in the middle of it. Uh, and my records that I'm still making are the one I've just made here in Nashville with Brendan Benson. Um, with, with Annie McHugh on the left-hand guitar and me, Robin Hitchcock, on the right-hand guitar. It's still an echo of trying to, of that revolver sound. You know, how do you get that? Um, if you listen to I Pray When I'm Drunk off my new album, it's it's an attempt to echo, I don't know, Dr. Robert or something off off Revolver. That, that template has certainly seen me through all of my, all of the electric music I've made in 40 years, you know, with the Soft Boys and, and um, the Venus Three and various friends and um, ex-friends. But I... I just love it. Uh, so just thinking about the length of records, um, Revolver is, I believe, 38 minutes long, and so is Underwater Moonlight by the Soft Boys, which was the uh, Soft Boys record that everybody liked. And um, actually, so is, I think, so are two other great records, uh, favourites of mine, one being Document by R.E.M. and the other being Avalon by Roxy Music. And I think all four, which are, which are great albums, um, are 38 minutes long. And I actually... Um, my last album, The Man Upstairs, is also 38 minutes long, but it's only half of it original compositions. And I, I was rather shocked to find out that my new one is only 36. So I'm cheating slightly. But it saves time. In Revolver, the, it's still the playing of the band together that makes the sound on most songs, um, with the exception of, um, you know, the ones that, that I've already mentioned, the Paul and George ones. You've still got the sound of a quartet playing, two guitars, bass, drums, multi-tracked harmony, lead vocal. Um, on Sergeant Peppers, you've got the rhythm section. You've got a, an increasingly dominant McCartney bass sound. You've got George and, and John 
sort of falling away from the from the guitar, from the electric guitars. There's nothing spangly like like she said, she said, or um, got to get you into my life, or um, or Doctor Robert. Um, the, the the beat on Revolver, the Beatles still had a group sound, and I would say Sergeant Pepper, they had a rhythm section sound, and then the Beatle voice was put on top of it with the appropriate sound effects, be it strings or backward tape loops or um, a bit of droning. Yeah, it's sort of, it, it doesn't sound like a group, Sergeant Pepper. Well, maybe they would just thought, well, screw it. You know, we don't have to stand here playing two guitars, bass and drums like we have for the past five years. You know, we're now no longer a little pop group. We don't have to do that. We can just have the bass DI'd into the board and Ringo exquisitely recorded, you know, that just have that little thing and then, well, not little thing, but that's the landscape and then we'll drape what we want over it. It's interesting, I've never really heard that discussed. They probably didn't approach uh, Sergeant Pepper as a, as a group sound at all. I don't know, ask Paul, he'd know. Well, if I was introducing somebody who had never heard Revolver to Revolver, I would probably go in at um, She Said, She Said, which was a John Lennon composition. It's the last track on side one. And um, it's, it's possible Paul isn't even on it at all, actually. Maybe George is playing bass. It, it's got a couple of beats missing and sort of fun things like that, tempo changes, but it doesn't sound prog. It actually sounds very natural, but it's got the most glorious guitar sound. I, I guess it's George and John. Um, you know, double track vocals, terrific Ringo drums. Um, that sense of liftoff that, that music had in those days, um, partly social momentum partly LSD, partly, you know, young hormones, young guys with a lot of money getting laid and um, no one's an addict yet. You know, it's they're all on the right side of their drugs. Fun, fun, fun. Um, I mean, it's not like the Beach Boys or anything. I mean, it's, it's quite dark in a way. It's supposedly about a, a bad LSD trip that John Lennon had when he was sitting in a drained swimming pool with Peter Fonda and two of the birds. <laughs> and um, Peter Fonda kept saying, I know what it's like to be dead. And John Lennon said, shut up, man. I don't care. I don't want to know. Um, or whatever, or he just crawled away, <laughs> holding his head like a goldfish bowl. Um, those were the days you could just sit in a drained swimming pool with Peter Fonda and two of the birds and go away and write a brilliant song. Ho-hum, doesn't seem to happen like that now. Um, and uh, God, I would totally play She Said, She Said to, to somebody. I mean, if you don't like that, you're probably not going to like anything on Revolver. You might like some of the McCartney songs, for no one is 
is brilliant. I think the other thing about Revolver is that Paul and George and John have all got equally good songs. There's, you know, I suppose I'm, I'm, I'm a Lennon man more than a McCartney man. I, I feel like Lennon's got a bit more soul and a bit more bite, but I don't like too much of either. And I like a bit of George. They, they sort of cleanse the palate for each other. They were, they were perfectly, they complemented each other. That's what was so great about the Beatles. The flavors matched. I've had two Johns. I'm ready for a Paul now, you know, in the end there was more Paul than John and George was sort of constantly frustrated trying to get his songs in. But on Revolver, they're all damn good. I, I can't think of a, of a Paul song I don't like. Um, I love George's three songs on it and they, they kind of set the tone for the record. That sort of dark, mystical sense of excitement and very slight, a sort of sense of menace and enlightenment coming through. Um, it's not all sunny, but it, I mean, it. There's definitely the, the there's some very strong shadows there, but but it all works out, and you know, "Good Day Sunshine" by Paul is just goes really well between um, "She Said She Said" by John and uh, I think it's uh, Doctor Robert, but I mean, God. It's just brilliant stuff. Thanks for listening to Fidelity High. For an extended version of this episode, including songs from the featured artists, please visit fidelityhigh.com.